0: Welcome back to The Right Heart, a Catholic podcast that tackles the questions and problems of the everyday life of faith. You are listening to episode 22. I'm Erin Franco, a Louisiana Southern Belle, Catholic wife, and frazzled mother of three. I also blog and host a radio show, so add Completely Nuts to that description. I'm here tonight because I have an amazing husband who makes this show possible because he puts our three beautiful children to bed all by his lonesome one night a week so I can come and do this very small, humble part of the new evangelization. So please say a prayer for him. Um, Pray that God would reward him for all of his support and sacrifice. I would love to hear what inspires you, what challenges you, what encourages you in the show today. I love hearing from you guys. You can shoot me an email, learn more about me, find show notes for the podcast, connect on social media, even read my blog, all at aaronfranco.com. My guest today is Lisa Hindi. You may have heard of her if you happen to have stumbled across a little site called CatholicMom.com or if you've read one of her books, or if you've seen her on TV or heard her podcast, she has said yes to many wonderful things, and the Lord has done a lot of great things with her. Lisa, welcome to The Right Heart. I am thrilled to talk to you tonight.
1: Hi, Erin. I'm so grateful for the opportunity, and actually, I'm just so happy to talk to you in person. We've been email friends for quite some time, so it's great to be on your show.
0: Oh, thanks, Lisa. Yeah, actually, I I think I, the first time I emailed you was back in 2010 or early 2011, maybe. And I sent you a little email and said, can I write for you on CatholicMom.com? Here's some of my articles. And I think I'd be a good fit. And you said, absolutely. And you were so kind to this young mama blogger. And I've been writing regularly for this site ever since. And it's just been a great experience.
1: You know, Erin, you're um, you're in you're a family member because that's what we are at Catholic Mom, and it's just it's so exciting to see, like with you, so many people that have joined us over the years and gone on to do amazing things, and you've got your hand in a lot of things too. So that's that's awesome. I love watching how God, you know, works through even um, you know people who are doing this part time or whatever around around their primary vocation as a mom. It's just such a gift to be connected to so many amazing women
0: thanks Lisa That's so kind of you. All right guys, I asked Lisa to come on the show because she just released I think was it this year you released the the Chime Traveler series Lisa? I think yeah, it was, right?
1: This this summer um the first two books came out at the end of July and oh, it's wow. been a whirlwind of uh, of excitement and fun and just so fun to see how the series is taking off and you know, such a blessing to share this new kind of writing for me.
0: Yeah, they're so they're such cute books. They're called the Chime Traveler series, so C H I M E like a bell chiming. And they're super cute. They're for kids. And I'll have to get you to tell us kind of what your age ranges are and that kind of thing. But it's basically about these two Catholic children who whenever the bells chime when they're in a church they get sent off on these adventures and they meet a saint on each adventure and they learn different things about character and trusting God and faith and it's absolutely adorable and all I can say is my six-year-old little boy who liked nothing but Green Lantern and Spider-Man books before these loved them and it was so special to get to read something that was well written and good for his character and teaching him about his faith, and he liked it. So I was thrilled. I after I read them, the first one, I got in touch with um, the book, you know, your book people, Lisa, and I said I would love to have Lisa on and help share these books because they're awesome. So. Can you kind of tell us, you know, who you're targeting, what age ranges you're targeting with the Chime Travelers, and maybe where you got the idea for them, and maybe your background of how you got started?
1: Well, I'm targeting everyone. <laughs> <laughs> World domination with Chime time, Travelers. But the, the target age range is actually, the, the official age range is 7 to 10. Um, the interesting thing with these books is that we have a lot of families that are doing them as read-alouds with... With younger mm-hmm. kids, so it's not unusual to hear kindergarteners that are yeah, that like are me. fellow time travelers, and um, and then you know all the way up to like I've met some junior high kids that have actually read them too. So they're chapter books. Um, every book has about twenty chapters in it, and also includes along with the story some biographical information, like some reflection questions that the families or teachers could use with the kids. So we're trying to make it a teaching tool, but we also want them to be really fun and. As for the genesis of the story, it actually um, kind of happens. I have a lot of nephews, and not surprisingly, um, many of them are named Patrick. That's a big name in our in our family, and also the name of one of the main characters in the book, the first saint that we mm-hmm. tackle. And so the story actually came from one day I was visiting. Um, you're from Louisiana. I have family down in Mississippi, and I was visiting one of my nephews down there, and we started just daydreaming about the story about Little Patrick and that he would time travel and he would meet St. Patrick. And so that story kind of like stuck in the back of my head. And I was so blessed that um, on a on a conference that I was speaking at one time, I had a publisher, which is um, Franciscan Media, came to me to talk about book project ideas. And I shared with them this idea that kind of had been floating around in the back of my head thinking – oh, there's no way, you know, they're not going to be interested in this. And little did I know that it would end up that they were very excited about the idea and that they not not only wanted to do that one book, but a whole series of books. Um, And so the idea took off, and then it became, you know, go and and, uh, really make up more of a story and, you know, fill in all the blanks. And we're really creating what I hope will be something very special for years to come.
0: There really aren't a lot of books that I know of that I can't actually think of any that are this particular niche or niche, which is um, not only Christian but specifically Catholic children's chapter books, and especially anything involving the saints. So I, I love that you guys, I love that you guys are filling this that for us because there's just not a lot out there. I mean, I've I know I've talked to my husband a lot about. You know TV shows and movies and books and how the characters in these stories don't deal with their problems with their faith. They might be really good people or very brave or very kind or whatever, but as far as um, like speaking to virtue or of virtue and kind of going that extra mile that we're called to as Christians and as Catholic Christians, there just isn't much out there. And did you feel like? there was a need for that when you were raising your you have two boys I know who are out of the home now but did you feel like you wish you would have have had that when they were growing up
1: oh absolutely and you know I mean my boys were voracious readers and I I became very sad that you know when they were old enough that we stopped doing kind of bedtime read aloud stories because we did that for years and years they actually put up with me reading to them long after they could actually read themselves so you know, we did lots of series of books, and I remember how much my boys always loved, you know, when a new book would come out in the series. I'd say that there's a good amount of Catholic fiction out there, um, but a lot of it is independently published because, for whatever reason, it's been really challenging for especially children's authors to get their work published by the traditional Catholic publishers. So. For all of my fellow authors that have been self-published, I just think it's so wonderful that this publisher is, you know, taking has taken this risk on the series. Um, and you know, if you're somebody out there that has a lot of money and you want to develop a a Catholic, uh, you know, movie or TV series, I would love to talk to you about. It. I'd love to make time travelers into something even more than than the book project, but. You know, um, we start with this, and, and really, um, the, the possibilities are just endless with what you can do with a well-told story that also has, at its heart, just these really great core values, and the superheroes, the saints.
0: Mm-hmm. And you have, I love how in the first two books, I and I'll probably get the stories kind of mixed up, but, so these basic, like... Coming of age, these growing up kind of problems that kids have, so being jealous of the pretty girl in school or feeling like they don't know if they can trust God or, you know, being mean to another child and they don't know why. So those are the kind of things that I think kids can like very clearly and instantly relate to when they read the books and then dealing with it with the help of your Catholic faith and the example of the saints that they go on the adventures with, I just think is fabulous. It was really neat. Um, I was really excited to find the books. And, and again, they worked great as a read-aloud because my almost six-year-old isn't quite uh, reading yet. And I was very so very um, excited that I was able to do that with him.
1: Yeah, it was really, um, it, I have to say, about the, the, the issues that come up in the books, um, you know, it's, it's not, there are some things that are sort of timeless, like bullying, for example, is sort of a mm-hmm. timeless, problem that kids deal with and so it's really been important with all of the books and that we we go back to not only you know the struggles that the the saints faced in their lives and um, but also just some real life challenges that kids go through and not to write down to them but really kind of address in a you know a fun but actually kind of a serious way too that Kids can take a lot of responsibility in their own lives for just making our world a a better and kinder place. And so you'll see the characters. The two main characters are brother sister twins, Patrick and Katie. And um, you'll see them go through you know challenges that are are not unusual for today's kids but also come up with solutions on their own that might, you know, some people might think, well, that's a little bit too old for them. But I think if our kids are respected and given the tools that they need, that they can actually do quite a lot to serve the world around them.
0: And I think literature is so important for helping to form our character. I know, um, so this year I was so blessed, I, I feel like I was blessed to stumble across um, fellow Catholic blogger Sarah McKenzie's Read Aloud Revival, and so it's basically she, her thing is she wants to really encourage parents to read aloud to your children, to create a culture of reading in your family, because she really believes in reading as um, helping to form family culture, helping to form um, your, your character, and even virtue in some, in some ways for your children, so anyway, I was, I've been really inspired listening to the podcast and reading some of her blog posts on that, and I just, I definitely think these books are a great part of that, that I'm glad to have in our family library. So Lisa, I did want to ask you, so what kinds of, I guess, positive or negative experiences did you have with literature growing up, and maybe even as an adult now, what books do you think made an impact on you that you're always going to remember?
1: Oh, what a big question! <laughs> That's great. Um, well, I'd say. I mean, I was really blessed growing up that my parents just, you know, were so supportive of us reading, and they they raised a family full of readers. I'm the oldest of five, and I always always had my my nose stuck in a book. And a lot of times they weren't serious literature. They were, you know, things like um, the Little House books were were some of my favorites growing up. I, I oh, mine you know, too. I always. I always loved the fact that, as a family, we, you know, we had that that old uh, children's Bible that I think a lot of families have. It's a, a picture Bible that has like a really ugly brown cover and um, and some pretty serious illustrations. But we uh, we read that quite frequently as a family too. That sounds holier than it really was, um, <laughs> but I think you know sharing even Bible stories as a family was. Was formative for me, um, and then you know, unfortunately, I think sometimes we take that turn, and in, in college, where reading becomes kind of a chore or something oh, yeah. that you know we're doing because because um, it's been assigned, and we're looking at books that way. And I'd say that luckily I survived that, and then again, as kind of a grown-up, um, that I learned again to really rediscover the joy of reading and curling up with a great book and even in the very early days of catholicmom.com one of the first things that i did with the website was to create a book club and i remember going mm-hmm. you know and finding a catholic book at barnes and noble and then actually emailing the author after i had bought the book and and saying I'd really love to interview you for this little website that I have. And, you know, and back then our book club was like once a month, it was me saying, this is what I'm reading this month and having, you know, some people read along and, and, you know, over the years learning from reading so much as this really formed my writing too. So I'm blessed that, you know, from, from a faith perspective that there has been a lot of nonfiction out there that supported me in my faith journey too.
0: I guess, and and, you know, speaking of nonfiction, I wanted to ask you, since I have you tonight, you. It seems to me that you have a great love for the saints because I know at least the handbook for Catholic Moms, which um, I read a couple of years ago, um, was wonderful to introduce me to some new saints I hadn't uh, known before. And then also I feel like a lot of your writing and other things that I've, I've read from you have this, the lives of the saints in them. So is that something that's uh, special to you
1: Oh, it really is. Um, My second book is A Book of Saints for Catholic Moms, which was a companion book to the Handbook for Catholic Moms, and that book, mm -hmm. it was 52 chapters, so one chapter for every week of the year, so 52 amazing um, chapters on saints, and I'd say about half of those saints were new to me when I wrote that book. There were saints that I knew of, but that I'd really never had a big um, devotion to, and and really, ever since then, um, I'm in the daily practice of looking at the liturgical calendar and seeing who we're celebrating that day, and then really offering part of my morning prayer time through the intercession of whatever saint it is. And sometimes they're really obscure saints, and, you know, just learning more about, you know, what it is that, that I can learn through that saint. And, um, you know, I have this old book, it's, it's really one of my favorites, it's just this little St. Joseph's Book of Saints that my mom gave to my dad for a wedding anniversary years and years ago, and and there's a little inscription in that about them, like, helping each other to become saints, and that just, you know, even though I didn't know it back then, like, they were teaching me to turn to the saints, and we had favorite family saints that are still some of my favorites, but I just love the saints, and I think— as far as um, people that are being along a path of, you know, our own spiritual challenges that we can look to them and just learn so much from the real lives that they led.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've always uh, thought that I guess, non-Catholics who don't honor the saints or celebrate their lives, we're really missing out on a way to be encouraged and even be educated in how to live out our faith in our everyday lives, not to mention perspective. I mean, it's so hard to you know, think about a saint who was sold into slavery as a child and then ran away and then ended up baptizing tons of people and becoming this amazing priest. Um, I think that's loosely the story of St. Patrick, but I think I botched it a little. But, it, you know, when you have that perspective of someone who suffered so much and it was a real person, his, you know, it's a, his, an historical person, and then you want, you're want you tempted to start snapping at your husband because Kroger was out of sour cream or something, you know, it's just, it, it really always helps me to think of a saint and think of, wow, this is not so bad What I'm going with, I need to be <laughs> a big girl because I'm never gonna be a saint if I'm snapping at Michael because the store was out of sour cream. That's just ridiculous, you know?
1: Well, I think especially, I mean, if you take the story of St. Patrick, for example, I mean, we'll look in popular culture and people celebrate St. Patrick's Day and they have no idea, you know, what it is that they're yeah. even celebrating. And, you know, all we think about is green beer, which, you know, hey, there's something <laughs> wrong with green beer. But there is a reason why, you know, he's so noted or like one of the books that I just recently finished for Time Travelers deals with the life of St. Francis of Assisi. And he's another You know, very popular saint that people will see statues of and they sort of, you know, think of Saint Francis with like birds perched on his shoulder. But why, you know, why is that? What are the stories behind them? And so that's why telling their stories and and certainly the Time Travelers kind of takes a little look at, you know, a part of their life. So with Saint Patrick, it really looks at, you know, these years where he was um, a slave and then you know, his escape and then, you know, revisits him a little later in his life when he's a bishop in Ireland. and um, that we're trying to, with these stories, help the kids to see how their own struggles kind of intersect with parts of the real lives of the saints. Mm-hmm. So again, with like Cinquetari or Cattery, which is the second book, um, you know, it, it's dealing with the issues of you know being in a community of people that are just being really mean to you, and we know that that's something that, that kids face in their own real world, and that St. Kateri faced in her world as well.
0: I think again, I am so excited about the Time Travelers. I'm excited about the second two books that are coming out. I think you said spring 2016 that right, they'll be coming yeah, out the um,
1: spring. We're just finishing edits on them right now, and the illustrations are starting to come in, which is another really fun project. Oh, yeah. And working on kids' books is getting to see, you know, our illustrator, I've never met her in person, but she's taking these characters that I've created and just adding so much life and personality to them. And if you look at every one of the pictures in the book— Um, You know, they're just, like, you can just see the little personalities of the characters come to life. So that's really a fun thing. So to see um, her work on books three and four, which deal with... um St. Francis and St. Clair of Assisi, and some really cool animal characters too. Oh yeah, <laughs> coming, to, coming into the stories. So just like in the first book, we have Francis the Frog, which is Patrick's little uh, frog. part of the story. Oh, We're trying that was to add a cute fun part. elements like mm-hmm. that into every one of the stories. So you're going to meet some new, um, some new animal friends too along the way.
0: Oh fun and actually one other thing that I wanted to say is that I actually love the price of the books they are ninety nine dollars on Amazon at least on what comes up on my screen and that is so in my budget <laughs> right now so I love that they're reasonable I, I feel like I want to buy a couple at a time because really they only took a few nights to read aloud um, to my son and my little four-year-old daughter too so I do love that about them as well.
1: I love that too, and actually, I mean, if you're if you're like most moms out there, we sometimes hesitate to buy things for ourselves. But a lot of moms are really trying to encourage their kids to read, and so it's nice to be able to, you know, make this affordable for families and for schools. And you know, if you're if you're somebody out there that really wants to support the series, you know, grab one and, and stick it in your school library too. That would be a real gift for the kids there.
0: That is a really good idea. Oh, well, Lisa, you have been wonderful. I'm so happy to be able to share these books with um, with my audience as well. They've they've been a blessing and I've probably even gone a little overboard with praise for them, but I was just so delighted to, to get them in the mail and then that my kids enjoyed them and, and also that they weren't annoying for me to read because sometimes read alouds are like, oh my gosh, this is so cheesy, but I thought your <laughs> books were so cute. So thank you for coming on the well, right part, and a time
1: traveler then <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, well thanks again for coming and warmest witches and best of luck with all of the great projects that you have going on and I did want to tell listeners that you can learn more about Lisa and check out her books at com. so it's pretty easy to remember how to get in touch with her
1: well thank you so much Erin for all the good work you're doing and um, I, I'm I'm just really honored to be on the show and and wish all the best to you and all the listeners.
0: Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys, well, I will make sure that I post links to all of the Chime Travelers books in the show notes for this episode. And if you are listening on iTunes or Stitcher today to find the show notes for any episode of The Right Heart, just go to therightheartpodcast.com and click on episodes and scroll down, and you'll see Lisa's beautiful face on her episode. Thank you guys so much for listening today. If you've been blessed by the right heart, sharing the show with others through a simple, hey, you like this podcast, or through social media, Facebook or Twitter, is a wonderful way to pass on a blessing that the Lord has given you through this very small part of the new evangelization that he has given me the opportunity to do. All right, guys. God bless you. May the Immaculate Heart of Mary be with you and guide you in all that you are doing. Until next time.